Live from Chatterbox Sports Studios, it's Off the Bench with Tom Brenneman. Well, 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 good morning, good morning, and a pleasant, good snowy Friday morning here in greater Cincinnati. We are having a snow day today. Got about anywhere from three to five inches of snow in and around the region. So rather than asking everybody to put their life into their hands or their life into others' hands, getting on the road, we decided that each of the four of us would not have a real snow day because we're working. But we're working from home. That's a new thing for your generation, Reed Mouse, working from home. Everybody wants to work from home. Good morning to all. Has, has anybody been out shoveling snow yet this morning or just taking it easy? You're the only one that's left your house, Reed Mouse. That is right, Tom. Yeah, I, I did shovel snow this morning. Uh, I take care of a couple of yards and a couple of houses, lawn care and stuff like that. So I called them up and said, hey, do you guys need some help uh, shoveling snow? Some people that live in my neighborhood, some in-laws, some, some family. And uh, they texted me and said, yeah, yeah, we would love some help. So I woke up at, at, at dawn, 6 a.m., got out, got my shovel. I don't have a snowblower or anything. It's just manual labor, Tom. That's how we do it here yep. in Hamilton. Just manual labor. And I got out and I started shoveling some snow. But luckily, it wasn't a, wasn't a whole lot. It wasn't thick snow. But I was just out there working. And then I came in. I said, hey, I'll run the keys today. You guys stay home. Yep. You, know, you, guys, you guys sleep in. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll get here. I'll come into the office and I'll, I'll do some work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know what, though? You said something interesting uh, there are some of us that have um, uh, leaf blowers, right? I yeah. don't know why I'm drawing a, a blank on that. And, and then we don't have a snow blower. I mean, I've never been able to justify myself buying one because it just doesn't snow enough, right? So you get out there and you shovel. We don't have a lot to shovel anyway. But um, you said something that was interesting for those of us that do have leaf blowers, where this snow is so light that you can actually blow it off a driveway with one of those. Isn't that what you said? Yeah. So um, I went out. I, like I said, I have a shovel. But as I was going around the neighborhoods, I actually saw people with backpack blowers. Like if you have a handheld blower, it probably wouldn't yeah. do it. But if you had some power behind it, like a backpack blower, yeah. you probably it would do just fine. It would do just fine. Okay. And uh, so that's what okay. I've seen. That's what I've seen. All right. What about the other boys? Let's start with you, Casey. You've been out shoveling. You've been out doing anything before we get into the meat of the snow. I mean, you look like you got a big league studio right there inside your house. Uh, I don't know if it's big league, Tom. Uh, I actually, unfortunately, have stuff in the background that should not be in the background. Uh, I was that was a vacuum second. cleaner. Yeah, it was. Um, I have not done any cleaning whatsoever uh, in terms of the snow. Uh, we have okay. probably like three to four inches. And uh, yep. I made my poor wife uh, clean off her own car. Um, I decided to sleep in today. Oh my God. And, uh, you know, just take it easy. You made your wife clean <laughs> off her own car? Is that what you just said? Uh, I did. I did. So your yeah. ass was laying in bed while she's bundled up and standing out there trying to get all the snow off of her car, right? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Okay. Good yes. luck for a big Friday night, Casey. Good luck for a yeah. big Friday night. <laughs> Elliot, I saw you in the hot tub. I mean, not physically, but you posted on X that you were in the hot tub already this morning. Now, that is a big league Colorado, Utah-like move. Thank you. Yeah, listen, I, I, I 
people can say a lot of things about me. Oh, sometimes your takes aren't good. Uh, sometimes you're pretty stupid. But one thing they can't take away from me, Tom, is that I'm committed to the bit. No, under no circumstance, five inches of snow outside my window here, it's not going to stop me. If I'm going to be honest with you, Tom, I contemplated putting a camera on my 2003 Chevy Impala and just trying to go to work. Because I know what's going to happen on Monday. Reed's going to come in when our bosses get back from their six-month vacation, and he's going to say, <laughs> hey, guys, while everybody else took a day off, I had to drive in. I, I walked you – know, it's like what our grandparents said, how they got to school through three miles yeah. in, in treacherous conditions. He, he got his way to work. Um, so congratulations to Reed. He wins Employee of the Year. I'm surely fired first if there was a, a, a firing uh lineup but listen I, that's okay uh, you guys mentioned leaf blowers and things like that what about the lawnmower yeah. man how do you think he's surviving during this <laughs> it's funny you bring him up ellie because i was thinking the same thing i mean i know it would probably be a little bit of a ride a treacherous ride for him to uh make the trip from hamilton to yeah. the far eastern edge of hamilton county but hey, you know, I'll reach in my pocket and have the guy come out and clean out the 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 you know maybe the driveway and certainly the sidewalk yes. for some of my neighbors. Please, you think he's out and about today, Reed, the, the the lawnmower man, or is he shut her down for the winter? He definitely shuts it down. Well, he actually, from when, when the winter comes out, he's no longer the lawnmower man. He's the snowblower man. He comes out, and it doesn't matter if there's snow on the streets or not. He he's gonna he's gonna patrol the streets of Hamiltucky, and he's just gonna blow the 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 crispy blacktop and sidewalk that that is here in our beloved metropolis of Hamilton, Ohio. Amen, amen. All right, let's get right to it. We welcome you to Off the Bench, presented by our good friends at United Dairy Farmers. I'm Tom Brenneman. We come your way Monday through Friday, ten. Hey, hey, hey! Oh, a golly day. To 12. P. <laughs> P. All right. You can join us on YouTube slash Chatterbox Sports. We also broadcast live on X. X. Elon Musk and X. That's at Seabox Sports. Or if you'd rather join us in podcast form, by all means, just search off the bench with Tom Brenneman and you're dialed in. Well, look, we're down to the final eight in the NFL playoffs. Eight teams with dreams still alive to win a Super Bowl. We were hoping the Bengals. The Bengals would be one of those teams this year. New. Of those eight, three have never won a Super Bowl. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Reed Mouse, who are the three? Quickly. Uh, the three that have not won a Super Bowl, that would be the Houston Texans. That yep. would be the Detroit Lions. And that yep. would be the Buffalo Bills. Amen. You nailed it. Okay, which of those three, and we'll talk about this later, we won't talk. Well, we're going to talk about the games in depth, but I want to ask everybody: Which of those teams would you most like to see win a Super Bowl? Because they've never done it. When the playoffs started, Cleveland had never done it. Right? Tampa Bay's done it a couple of times. So we'll get into that later. But it officially begins tomorrow on Saturday. You have the Houston Texans, the fighting C.J. Strouds going to Baltimore. That kickoff is set for 4.30. That'll be on ESPN. Then tomorrow night at 8.15, the top seed in the NFC, San Francisco, will host the upstart Green Bay Packers, who just demolished, as we know, Dallas last week in Big D. I think there's a lot of heavy pressure on the 49ers to win this thing. I really do. I, I know they've been great during the regular season. They got bad luck with Purdy last year in the game against Philadelphia in the championship game. But the narrative's going to begin 
if they can't at least get to the Super Bowl this year? Because think of the teams that they would have to beat, okay, with all due respect. Detroit, Tampa Bay, right, and Green Bay. They've got to get in. they got to get in. You go to Sunday, Tampa Bay at Detroit. That's a 3 o'clock kick on NBC. Baker, Mayfield, and the Bucks have already played the Lions this year. We'll get into that game a little bit more in depth here shortly. Of course, last week was the first time in 32 years the Lions have won a postseason game. Then Sunday night, it's a main event. The Patrick Mahomes against the Josh Allen's first road playoff game, as we know, for Patrick Mahomes. How will he respond? And can Allen take care of the ball in back-to-back games really for the first time all year long? He did not turn it over in their playoff win against the Steelers. And now can he take care of the ball against an even better defense? Hard to believe we're saying that Steelers versus Kansas City, but it's true. Casey's defense was better this year. College football, it's been an incredible offseason for Ryan Day and Ohio State. They're raising a lot of eyebrows this morning. They've gone out and hired Bill O'Brien as their new offensive coordinator. O'Brien has been a head coach at Penn State. That was after the whole Jerry Sandusky mess. He straightened that thing out. He's gone to the NFL for six seasons, head coach of the Texans, took him to the playoffs four times. He's worked with Tom Brady. He's worked with so many other great uh, programs and quarterbacks, but, but he does have some of his naysayers. This is all I know, if nothing else. Put this into perspective, right? I don't know if this is good or bad, but Bill O'Brien has been hired in his career by Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. He must be doing something right. College basketball, big ones over the weekend for both UC and X. The Bearcats will host 15th-ranked Oklahoma tomorrow at 1 o'clock at Fifth Third Arena. The Sooners' only losses this season, North Carolina, TCU, Kansas. They got it going on. The Cats are coming off their thrill of the other night, the overtime win against TCU. Meanwhile, tonight at Cintas, it'll be Xavier looking for another win, this time against Georgetown. Tip at 6.30. That'll be on FS1. The Muskies have looked the best they've looked all year. Two games ago in the second half, and then the, the game, the win most recently over Butler three nights ago. Reed Mouse, are you going to that game tonight at Xavier? I am not going to the game tonight at Xavier. A few of my friends are. I saw, I believe, uh, Mike Ackley, who is constantly in our chat. He's going to the game. He was asking yep. where the best place to get a burger is before the game. I always go to Quatman's if I do go get a burger beforehand. Uh, Tom, you mentioned that uh, Bill O'Brien that was mentioned. I mean, he's – I don't know how excited Ohio State fans are, but you are right. He yeah. has – he has been hired by uh, Bill Belichick and Nick Saban. I actually found this stat. Um, Bill O'Brien worked for either Bill Belichick or Nick Saban for eight seasons and never won a title with either. That seems borderline impossible, Tom. No, I don't think that's right. You mean never won a title while he's in New England? Never won a title with New England as or a quarterbacks coach. He, as a quarterback's coach, he did. Okay. Okay. So um, there was a much better article that I need to find. Look, there, there are pros and cons. There's no doubt about it, the reaction to people with, uh, with O'Brien. But, but here, here's the thing, and, 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 and this always makes me and a lot of us think about uh, Zach Taylor. Because Ryan Day has been the play caller at Ohio State since he took over for Urban Meyer. 
And every year they had averaged 39 points or more. And the same is true with O'Brien. When he was at Alabama two years as offensive coordinator, they averaged 39 and 42 points per game. Most recently, two years ago, before going back to Belichick in the NFL. But, you know, Ryan Day has decided, we thought he had decided last year when he named Brian Hartline as offensive coordinator, although Hartline had never called plays. They were going to experiment with that a little bit. And I'm not sure at the end of the day how that played out. Now, the year before, they had C.J. Stroud. They averaged 41 a game. This year, they averaged 31 a game. But I think Day has finally recognized that, you know, in this role, his job is to be the CEO, to be the culture guy, right? And he has had an unbelievable offseason. He's had tons of players that people thought were going to the NFL are coming back for a fourth, if not fifth year. Uh, his recruiting has been incredible in both the portal and the high school front. But I'll tell you, you know, this is a thing I think a lot of Bengal fans want to see. Don't they want to see Zach Taylor bring somebody in here who can be the play caller, if not give somebody a chance who's already here to be the play caller? Anybody? Bueller? Casey? I mean, I, I would say that uh, most Bengals fans would love to have someone come in and be the new play caller. Um I just don't think that, like, when we went over the scenarios middle of the season after Joe Burrow's injury, I feel like Zach Taylor did enough as a play caller. They did enough as a team to kind of give them a pass because they they completely rechanged this offense, retooled it, and um, made it very successful. With a backup quarterback, they were um, shown to be very capable of – being able to run the ball like uh, we wanted them to. They were capable of, um, of being more creative. And uh, it, for me, for me, I'm, I've am i put that to bed. There are still lots of fans out there that want that new offensive coordinator. Um, more than likely what will happen if, if Brian Callahan leaves is that they will just hire within and get Dan Pitcher to be the O.C., because he's been there for five years with that group, and then uh, they'll find a new quarterbacks coach. I, I don't think that they're going to be changing the offensive scheme too drastically if Brian Callahan leaves. Yeah, I mean, you know, look, look here. Here's the only thing I'm saying. And by the way, just a couple of uh, of notes about O'Brien. Um, he's worked with Bryce Young, Tom Brady, had Deshaun Watson from the day he walked into the NFL. Young won the Heisman in 2021 when he was there. And um, we mentioned seven years as a head coach in the NFL, went to the playoffs four times, uh, was fired in 2020, uh, and has experience in the Big Ten. As I mentioned, he was a head coach after um, uh, the whole Jerry Sandusky, Joe Paterno thing. Uh, but I don't want to spend any time talking about that, that Ohio State thing. I just thought it was interesting that, that, that you have a coach who's willing to say, I'm ready to give up the play call. And you can say, well, it's a different animal in the college game and the pro game. But, I mean, I don't know how many times we sit around here and talk about the play calling with the Cincinnati Bengals. And let's face it, that's been the number one knock on Zach Taylor and this Bengals offense over the last few years. Yes, they got back to back-to-back -back, uh, AFC championship games, went to a Super Bowl. Uh, but there have been a lot of times, and maybe you could say the same thing in every city, a lot of times where the play call – Calls are questionable. Elliot, your I thoughts like, on any? On that? Yeah, 
I th- I feel like uh and again this is just uh my opinion but it seems to me like every single season the Bengals have a game or a stretch of games or several games where not only do they get blown out but the offense looks so completely inept that it's almost it's almost historically bad and I, I don't yeah. think I see that with the Kansas City Chiefs I look at the Chiefs they don't they don't lose in blowout fashion ever I think their worst loss this year was to the Broncos they lost 24 to 9 that's a one-off thing. I the Bengals were blown out by the Titans. They get blown out by the Steelers. They get blown out by the Browns. And 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 you maybe you can say, all right, Elliot. Well, they had a backup quarterback. Or maybe you say, well, they didn't play the preseason. They didn't. They 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 weren't ready for those first four games. But it seems like the conversation's always there with this offense. And the offense has been great. I want to make that very clear. Joe Burrow is a very good quarterback. We have an elite group of weapons in our wide receiver group. I, I I'm just saying. For me, I would I would love a head coach, Zach Taylor, to acknowledge the fact that there seems to be issues, every consistent issues, every single season. And I think they can be dealt with. I really do. I think they can be dealt with by giving the, the, the play-calling duties to somebody else. You know, you look at the two big – Reed, I want to hear your opinion on this, but it, when, he, when, he, when, when Elliot was just talking, I mean, think about this, okay? The two other biggest football teams in Ohio after the Bengals, okay, are Ohio State and Cleveland. All right. So we mentioned Ohio State. You've got a head coach that's going to give up the play calling. There, you know they're paying Bill O'Brien a gazillion dollars a year to come in there and call the plays and be the offensive coordinator. He's not leaving the National Football League to go back to the college game without making some serious cash. So they're really stepping out there, both philosophically and financially. Then you go up north to the Cleveland Browns. Now, here was a team. We talk about the Bengals and revamping their offense, and they had two. Their backup quarterback played. The Bengals, their number two guy. Cleveland went through four guys and had to call a guy off his couch seven, eight weeks ago, 38 years old. They lose their starting running back. First or second game of the year, gone for the year, ACL. Their their entire offensive line was beat up. They lost two starting tackles this season. And they just fired their offensive coordinator, their running back coach, and their tight ends coach. So, I mean, I don't know if all these other teams are making the right move or they're just making terrible moves. But I'm just wondering what the Bengals are going to do with this offense and this offensive staff and give somebody a chance besides Zach Taylor to run this offense. Uh, listen, I, I, we, we've talked a lot about this. Anytime that you talk about the Bengals, anytime that you talk about their offense, the, the, the easiest thing that fans do, right, when they have a problem with their team, it's, the, it's, 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 it's a blanket statement. It's an evergreen statement. Oh, the play calling is the yep. problem. And sometimes yep. it's valid, Tom. Sometimes it's valid. I don't know. It, it, it's hard to distinguish when it is valid. It really is because, as I've always said, the difference between good play call and bad play call is whether or not it works. Sometimes it's yeah, the right, right. Sometimes it's the right play. Sometimes it's the right call, and sometimes the players just just don't just don't run the play right. Execution, right? Yeah. Execution. Yeah. That's the biggest name of the game. Yeah. I I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know. If the problem that the consistency of the Bengals has is lies on Zach Taylor, as I've mentioned before, the two years that the Bengals went to the Super Bowl and the AFC Championship game were the two best quarterback years 
in Bengals history statistically, right? Most touchdowns, most yards, Joe Burrow back-to-back in a full season of him being healthy. Now, you yeah. guys like to bring up the point that he's only scored about 20 points, averaged like 20 points a game in the postseason. Fair. Those are, those are fair complaints. Do, would it be nice to see some change? To see if that is a problem? See if there is a problem? Because you don't know until you actually do something different. You don't right. know what you have comparatively until you do something different. I, I don't know. I, sure, sure, let's, let, let's give it to somebody else and, and see if something changes. But I don't necessarily think it's as big of a problem as every other Bengals fan does. Okay. All right. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Let's get into uh, some of the games this weekend. We're going to be making our picks a little bit later on. But uh, you mentioned let's start in the order in which they are going to be played. Uh, and that means it's the Houston Texans and the fight in C.J. Strouds going to Baltimore. The last time they played was all the way back in week one. Who is handling this game? I can't remember who's doing this one. I believe that was me. That is me, Elliot, all right. the zebra. Please, Elliot, please. Okay, so the Texans are taking on the Ravens. Listen, the Ravens' most recent—I I, do—I like to do the history stuff. So, I'm, if you—if you wouldn't mind, that's what I'm going to do. Uh, the Ravens' sure. most recent playoff win was in 2020 against the Titans. Their only two playoff victories since 2014 are on the road, and they have no home victories since 2014. Wow. They are six and one in their last seven. Their only loss being with a roster full of backups against the Steelers in a meaningless game for them. They are averaging 31 points in their last seven games. If you take away the, the, the final game, they're averaging like 38 points uh, or 35 points, excuse me. The Texans, on the other hand, they have won three straight. Their most recent playoff victory was 2019 against the Bills in overtime. C.J. Stroud in his last three games, 75% completion percentage uh, in every single game, at least 75%. He's averaging 250 yards a game. He has six touchdowns in that span. This is just regular season, not including the, the Browns massacre and no interceptions. Uh, Lamar in his last four games averaging uh, a 66% completion percentage with 11 touchdowns, two picks. Lamar is also averaging 62 yards rushing in that span. I think this is going to be a better game than people think. And I know Reed says, all right, well, the, the, the popular pick is the Texans. I disagree. I still think there's going to be a lot of people betting on the Ravens uh, on, on, on tomorrow. That's tomorrow morning. I do think the line will favor the Ravens, but – Here's the thing. I think C.J. Stroud is one of the hottest quarterbacks right now in the NFL. I, I would ride the hot hand. I'm going to ride the hot hand. I won't spoil my pick, but I'm probably going to ride the hot hand. I think the Texans are going to make this close, and I think this is going to be a good old-fashioned shootout. Mm, okay. All right. Uh, fellas, your thoughts about this game um, with a great information there, Elliot. Thank you. Fellas, your your thoughts. Casey, let's start with you. Uh, this game with the Ravens. Um, yeah. They're clearly the best team in the AFC. Does that mean they're going to win it? No, but they're the best team. Right. I agree with you, Tom. I do think the Ravens are probably the best team in the AFC. However, Lamar has struggled in the playoffs, and that has to be accounted for in this game. I think Houston currently, you could argue, is the hottest team in the NFL. I think they might be right behind the Packers in terms of who's actually the hottest. But – that stretch where, I mean, Houston would probably be very much more comparable, probably the hottest team if CJ Stroud doesn't go down for two weeks. So yeah. that being said, I do think it's going to be a, an old-fashioned shootout. 
I do think that when you look at what happened week one, it is very telling that the Texans were able to sack Lamar multiple times, make him very uncomfortable, turn the ball over. And yeah, maybe the Ravens offense wasn't what it was early on in the season as compared to now. But Texas, their defense, very sneaky. I think that it's very underrated right now. They remind me so much of the past Bengals team. They have a great offense, a great scheme design to where they're not going to be having C.J. Stroud take a lot of pressure, and he's going to be able to to have a lot of time roll out and and throw the ball down the field. I, I think the Houston offense has changed a lot since week one. I think they're asking him to stand in the pocket and make throws. Well, nowadays, they're asking him to roll out and give himself time yeah. to be able to launch balls downfield. I really like the matchup. This is one of my favorite matchups of the week, and I think Houston can get it done. If there was a team to beat the Ravens in the AFC, I think it's this Houston team. Wow. Right, okay. All right. I, I tell you, I, I tell you, Reed. One thing I really liked, and I want to hear your thoughts on this too. I, one thing I really, I, I really like when guys, just um, athletes, they sort of lay it all out there, right? They're not, they're not backing away or not answering the question or giving you a bunch of rigmarole about this. It's just, it's tired. It's a waste of time for three quarters of them, right? They don't, they don't say anything, and that includes Burrow. They, they never say anything. I really admired uh, Lamar Jackson, his comments. I don't know if you guys saw him uh, in a press conference yesterday where he said, look, you know, I I woke up this offseason and I realized, man, I'm not getting any younger. In fact, I'm getting older. I can't do some of the things, even though he's still in his 20s. He's a young man. He's like, you know, I've been hurt a couple of years, and 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 now is the time to win this thing. I mean, by him just making that comment, He's putting pressure on himself. Forget any pressure he has from anybody else or anywhere else. I admired the fact that he stood out there and said, now's the time. I got to get it done. Time is passing by. Reed, your thoughts on that and the rest of this game. Uh, yeah, I believe Lamar Jackson's younger than Joe Burrow. But yeah, it does certainly when you make those kind of statements like time's passing by. You put a lot of pressure. And, and we have already know the storylines about Lamar Jackson in the postseason. Also, you notice there's no graphics when I come in here because I'm a big dummy and I can't figure everything out with this. But I digress. The thing is, is we keep, when, when we talk about these teams that get in the divisional round, even last week, we keep throwing this same moniker around to multiple teams. This is the hottest team in football. Casey just said it about the Houston Texans. We've said it about the Rams last week. I'll probably say it about the Bills later on in this show. But the hottest team in football isn't any of the teams that I've named. It's the Baltimore Ravens, guys. Look at what they did their final weeks of the year. They go on and beat the Rams. It was the Rams' only loss in the second half of the year. They beat them 37-31. Okay, they yeah. then go down and beat an AFC South leading team that was spiraling out of control, the Jacksonville Jags. Sure, we won't give them a whole lot of credit there. Then how do they answer that? They play in the most marquee game of the regular season. 49ers-Ravens kick their tail. Okay, yeah. what did they do after that? Uh, they welcomed home a Miami Dolphins team that just had their biggest win of the year, beating the Dallas Cowboys, and they beat them by 40. They beat them by 40. The reason that the Baltimore Ravens are favored by 10 points in this game is because they are 10 points better than the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are a phenomenal team. They're a young team. They're more story than they are actual 
uh, Super Bowl contenders in my mind. The real Super Bowl contenders are the Baltimore Ravens, and they're going to be home. It's going to be cold weather. Lamar Jackson's playing with a chip on his shoulder because of all the things that people say about him in the postseason. I think that this game, while it is exciting to think that the Houston Texans are going are gonna to compete in this one, I just don't see it. I truly just don't see it because the Baltimore Ravens didn't slump all year. They were the most complete team from week one until this very day. Yes, they're coming off of two weeks of rest, and that – that sure can can sneak up. The Houston Texans have played a couple, have won a couple playoff games because really their last two weeks of the year were playoff games, not just their playoff win over the Cleveland Browns because you had to win and get in. But still, uh, great coach, one of the best, most explosive quarterbacks in the league, and Lamar Jackson, who is once again playing with a chip on his shoulder. Um, I, I I don't think this is going to be a very competitive game. And for people that say, Reed, how can you say this? These are two really good teams. Look at what happened in the wild card round. There was almost unanimously blowouts. There was only one good game in the entire wild card round. I just think that the Baltimore Ravens are gonna gonna sweep up the Houston Texans. Okay. All right. All right. Shift gears in then till tomorrow night, where on Fox it will be the San Francisco 49ers. They're the top seed in the NFC, as we know. And there have been times this year they have looked unbeatable. They battled through a lot of injuries. The Bengals went out there when San Francisco was nicked up and ran them in the ground. Uh, so they are beatable, but they were missing guys in that game. They won't be missing any of their big stars tomorrow night. Green Bay comes in, and Casey, I think this was your game, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, that's correct. All right, take yeah. it away for us. Give us some information about this one. Yeah, so um, the this game is uh, a very interesting game. I had covered the Packers last week, and I mentioned all the abundance of weapons that they have at their disposal, like Christian Watson, Romeo Dobbs, uh, Jaden Reed. They just had uh, Devontae Wick score another touchdown. That was the guy I told you all to look out for. He scores an early touchdown in that game. They have Tucker Craft, Luke Musgrave. These weapons all, all around them, and currently the hottest running back in the NFL is Aaron Jones. He currently uh, leads all running backs since returning to play um, with uh, 100 yards every single game that he's come mm-hmm. back in for four straight, four, five straight, six straight games. And, I mean, you saw him what he did against the Dallas Cowboys. He put up three scores. He rushed for over 100 yards. I mean, the dude is phenomenal. I think when you look at the 49ers, we also see a phenomenal uh, a run run attack with Christian McCaffrey uh, leads the league in total just yards, I believe, um, definitely rushing yards. But in terms of just total yards all around, all purpose, I think he leads the league as that, in that category as well. Yep. All around, all purpose back. These two teams are going to try to establish the run. And when you look at who has the edge, clearly the 49ers have the edge in their defense. That front seven with Fred Warner – and Greenlaw, and then you got Bosa, and you got Armstead, and you, you've got guys like um, Brandon Graham and Chase Young. They will stop you from trying to establish the run. Now, if you're looking at the analytics and the metrics, these teams are pretty much dead even in terms of efficiencies, in terms of stopping the run, in terms of running the ball. So we might see a slight edge 
um, just in terms of the 49ers because of the star power. But I would not be surprised if the 49ers um, start giving up some plays in the run game because Packers, they have a ton of weapons, right? And that makes it very hard to defend the pass game if you got an extra guy in the box trying to stop the run. And I think that's what makes the Packers really, really dangerous right now. If they are able to establish the run, Jordan Love has just been phenomenal. Um, he puts up another three touchdowns. That makes him, I believe, 21-1 and in terms of touchdowns to interceptions in the last half of this season, including this divisional game, which is just phenomenal. Puts up almost 300 yards. I think it was like 275 or something like that in the divisional game. I really, really like the Packers' chances to at least cover because I think their offense, it's its just really, really phenomenal right now. It's really hard to stop, especially when they're all just in sync. Um, there's not one guy that really takes over the game except for Aaron Jones, but that just leads to more um, diverseness in their, in their attack. That just leads to a more difficult offense to defend because – you don't know who's getting the ball. You have no idea where they're going to be targeting next. And for the 49ers, they have a ton of star power, but they don't have a lot of depth. Are they going to be able to go man-on-man -man against all these guys? I don't think so. So that being said, I also expect this to be a kind of a high-scoring game because mm. the Packers' defense isn't the greatest, and I think they will give up some big plays, especially in the run game. Um, because it's Christian McCaffrey. He's one of the most dynamic running backs in the league. But the 49ers offense has been one of the most efficient offenses all year round. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that if you look at the history between these two teams, it's not been so kind to the Packers. I know that's mainly been because of Aaron Rodgers making some fatal mistakes down the stretch. But just how these two teams have played – I really like this to be a high-scoring game. And I think the Packers cover. I don't know if they win, but I do think they cover. The spread is way too large. All right, you can't be giving away your picks already, Casey. We're, we're doing Sorry. that later on. <laughs> uh, but thank you for all that's great stuff. You know, the, you know, the, the, the thing I always wonder about, and, and I mean, I don't think there's anything that can qualify or quantify what, what this is. Somebody out there probably has done the work. But what I'm getting at is this. Do you realize Brock Purdy is not playing a football game? in this calendar year of 2024. He has not played a snap since New Year's Eve day. Now, you know, he throws two touchdowns, no picks against the Commanders, meaningless game, right? That's fine. They had wrapped it up, number one seed, everything in, in, the, in the NFC. But the game before that was the game, now, now again, now we're talking about Christmas Eve. The game before that is when they went to Baltimore, the game that Reed brought up earlier, and got completely boat raced by the Ravens when Purdy threw four picks without a touchdown. It was the worst game of his career, regular season or postseason. I just really wonder about not playing for that long. I mean, you can say, yeah, I'm getting rested up. But Purdy's not battling any injuries. I'm sure he's beat up just like a lot of other players. But, man, I mean, we're sitting here on what? The uh, – the 19th of January, and he's not played for almost three full weeks. That entire team has not played for three full weeks. I don't know if that has anything to do with anything. Elliot, what do you think about that? 
Well, we had this we had this discussion yesterday on the show because uh, is that is that my camera that bad? Does it look that bad? <laughs> Looks terrible. Uh, well, that's well, I might have to switch to my phone or something. But anyway, uh, we had this discussion on the show yesterday, and I had the same thought. I think if if you are playing hot and you get to play that first round game, I an edge against a team that gets the bye, and especially a team like the 49ers who had nothing to play for in their last week of the season as well. I, I agree, Tom. I do think it's a little worrisome that they're going to be cold. It's going to be like the Bengals in the first four weeks of the season. Yeah, I mean, uh, Reed, I don't know if you're buying much into that. You can say the same thing about the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, they it's been, in fact, it's been longer for the Ravens because, as you brought up earlier, when we brought up earlier, they sat all their starters that last game of the regular season. So the last time Lamar Jackson and that entire starting unit for the Ravens actually got on the field was Christmas. Christmas is almost a month ago. Now, the Ravens have been through a lot of injuries, and in this case, we're talking about the 49ers. They've had more than their fair share. Trent Williams missed a lot of time. Debo Samuel missed time. They had a lot of guys on defense miss time. But I, you know, I, I just, I always wonder about that team that's, that's rolling in hot, in this case, Green Bay. And Casey talked about the things they've done well and some of the things they've not done so well. But they've been on such a run here where they're so hot. You know, for them, you come in there and all of a sudden catch a team that maybe is, I'm not going to say not ready to play, but their timing is just a, a, that much off. And that's all it takes in a football game, that much off. And all of a sudden, a play happens here, play happens there. And next thing you know, Green Bay gets up on him, and, and who knows what happens. Listen, Tom, I think you, you hit all the points um, very well. The, the one thing that everyone talks about whenever you get a bye, baseball, football, whatever it is, yeah. is are we, are, we getting a little, are we getting a little cold? Do we want to keep – in baseball, do we want to keep the bats going? In football, you, you get some time to rest. You get some time to rest, but I'll argue this. For, for that same notion, why during the regular season do we talk so highly of a team like, oh, this team's coming off a bye. They're going to be tough to beat. So I don't know how much stock you can put into that. I think the Green Bay Packers under Aaron Rodgers a couple years in a row fell in the divisional round after you know sitting the final week. Then they get the bye. Then they go play a game. So they were a little cold, and, and, and they wound up losing. Oh, yeah, they lost to the 49ers both times that they did that. There's something about the Green Bay Packers, though, Tom, that I really, really like. I think they've got a great coach. I think Matt LaFleur doesn't get his name brought up when you talk about the Sean McVay's, the Kyle Shanahan's, because part of it was when he started coaching in Green Bay, he had a Hall of Fame talent in Aaron Rodgers. So people are just like, yeah, I mean, his job's pretty easy. He's got Aaron Rodgers. You just snap the ball to him and, and, and watch him do his thing. But the improvement that I've seen Jordan Love make this year yep. – has been absolutely incredible. It truly has been incredible. We, we, I, I just blew up the notion of saying, hey, I don't like when people are, this is the hottest team in football. I'm not going to do that, but I might say Jordan Love's the hottest quarterback in football. One interception, over 20 touchdowns over the last seven weeks, over the last eight weeks, that's pretty competitive football. That's pretty competitive. So when I look at this game, I always tend, when I look at postseason games, who's got the better 
quarterback. And everyone's going to kill me. Everyone's going to kill me. I know you're going to kill me, Tom. I know Casey's going to kill me. No, I'm not going to kill you on this. I'm really not because I think you can make a solid argument on this, but let you make it, not me. Go ahead. I think that Jordan Love is the better quarterback going into this game than Brock Purdy. Okay. The last competitive game that Brock Purdy mentioned that played, he threw four picks, looked terrible. He played the best team in football in uh, the Baltimore Ravens. Have we seen Jordan Love in this high key, this, this marquee of a game? No, we haven't. We have not seen that yet, although we kind of just saw him tear apart the Dallas Cowboys at home, a team that was 16-0 and over their last 16 home games. And, yeah, you can say the, the Cowboys are frauds, sure. That's whatever. I've been saying it all year. You, you, can, you can nullify this. But there's something about this game that I don't feel when I look at the Baltimore Ravens-Texans game. There's something about this 49ers team, the way that this Packers team is playing, that I've just got a lot more faith in the Green Bay Packers going into this. Can I be dead wrong? I've been dead wrong before. My wife will tell you that all the time. I'm wrong all the time. But I have Amen. a feeling, I have a feeling that the Green Bay Packers are going to come in this game and, and certainly cover. But I, I, I don't know. Everyone wants to take the Houston Texans money line. If I'm going to take a double-digit underdog, I'm going to take the Green Bay Packers. Okay. All right. Look, I, I, don't, think that, uh, I don't think that in any form or fashion you're, you're, uh, you can make a very viable argument. You just did, and you look at the numbers. Uh, you know, but you go back to last year, and again with Purdy, I, I just keep saying to myself, you know, here's a guy that you know uh, against uh, Seattle, his his playoff game last year, three touchdowns, no interceptions, 332 yards. We know he got hurt against Philadelphia. He started the game four for four, uh, and then injured his uh, elbow, which required surgery, and he was done uh, for the rest of the year. And it was a shame because San Francisco had a great run and a great team, but that's a good game. That's a good game. I mean, I don't think it's a cakewalk like a lot of other people think it is. Okay. Then we get to Detroit against Tampa Bay. That will be Sunday, a 3 o'clock kick. Um, they played earlier this year in week six. Now, it should be noted, in that game, Detroit wins 20-6. to six. Uh, it, it was the first to start a four-game losing streak for the Buccaneers. So they, they were just going into a tailspin. In that game, Jared Goff threw for a career-high 352 yards against that Tampa Bay secondary. Now, they've really shored up that defense since then. In that game, Baker did not play well. Baker Mayfield, only a little better than 200 yards, and he threw an interception. Now, a couple, you know, Detroit last week, they knew they were getting at least one playoff game, uh, and we wondered would they get a second They've got a second. It's the first time they've won a playoff game in 32 years. Um, and, and they looked good in stretches, which has been their season all year long. They look good in stretches. You know, we're sitting here talking about hot teams, fellas. I mean, let's go march back here over the last seven weeks of this season, okay? The Buccaneers hung in there with San Francisco and got beat 27 to 14 in San Francisco. Then... They lose against the Colts, who were playing very well at the time. We're talking now Thanksgiving. But since then, now the competition in some of these games, not so hot. Other games, pretty good. They beat the Panthers. They beat the Falcons. Eh, okay. But those were must-win games for them. Then they go to Green Bay, and they demolish 
the Green Bay Packers. This was less than a month ago. Demolish Green Bay, 34-20. to Then they go on the road Christmas Eve, or they come back home Christmas Eve, and they absolutely destroy the Jacksonville Jaguars. Now, for the Jaguars, these were important games. They were starting that tailspin, but they needed to win these games. They took a step back in losing to the Saints. They looked awful to clinch a division the last game of the year, awful on offense. Defense pitched a shutout against Carolina. But then they put up 32. Everybody was saying, oh, they only put up nine against Carolina. They put up 32 against the Eagles. And the Eagles stuck. We all agree with that. But, you know, uh, there are a lot of people that I, I, I think are really jumping on this Detroit bandwagon like this some, is some kind of a juggernaut team. I mean, I call them the, the, the fighting Chris Spielmans. And look at this. Look at this. <laughs> this is Chris Spielman, okay? Back is in his Ohio State days. You open this bad boy up. It's a beautiful nest. There you go. Man. There's oh another God. Another Chris Spielman. The fighting Chris Spielmans. Does it get keep any better going, than that? Keep going. Keep Let's going. Let's see if there's another one. Open it. There, there it is. Uh, uh. There it is. I never knew this. I've had this thing for years, and I never knew there were three of them in here. There they are. The fighting Chris Spielmans. <laughs> Does it get any better than that? Sir, Look at that. Tom, how much, how, much, how much do I have to pay to get one of those about for you? I, I, I want one that looks like you. Somebody gave me that thing. It was somewhere. It was a fan, and um, – Somebody gave me that thing, and and I've had it sitting here in my house, and my wife is like, what are you doing with this thing? I'm like, I don't know, but Spiels is my man. So uh, we'll, we'll give our picks later on. I think Tampa Bay can win the game. I think a lot of people in America are rooting for the fighting Chris Spielman's at franchise. One of the three earlier we talked about not to win a Super Bowl. I'll be interested to see if Dan Campbell – and you say, well, why would he change? Well – I mean, now you're one game away from playing for a trip to the Super Bowl. Does he change any of his decision-making in this game? He has been the ultimate gambling man, going forward on fourth down, even on two-point conversions from the 10- or 12-yard line. But isn't that who he is? Casey, Reed, Elliott, anybody, isn't that who he is? So he's probably not going to change, right? He's definitely not changing. No, I don't think he's changing at all. I think that that's how he got there. And uh, he is a man that uh, – he, he, he is a man that will not change his beliefs. He is rock solid in what he believes in. And, and he's going to do what, it, what he's done all season long, which is take the gamble, take the risk. And uh, so far it's been bearing good fruit. It's been uh, giving him success. And uh, I don't think he should stop. If I were yeah. to um, look at it as a fan perspective, I do not want him to stop. I want him to just keep going because I think uh, it also adds a little bit of a um, – a, not, not a un, unknown. I wouldn't say that. It, it's um, – I don't know what the word to explain it, but it, it's. Uh, well, I think it um, is it. That is right. I think it's unknown or yeah. intrigue, maybe to the game. Yeah. It definitely lends to a lot of it's, intrigue because you're sitting there going with ninety something percent of the coaches. You know, this is exactly what they're going to do. They're going to kick the field goal and not go for it, or they're going to go ahead and punt it and not go for it from their own thirty-nine. With Campbell, you have no idea, and it's why it's one little nugget to watch during the broadcast. 
Because a lot of times you are going to see in any Lions game, when they get to a fourth down situation, almost virtually anywhere on the field, not inside their own 25 or something like that early in the game, but as a game starts to go on, when they get to a fourth down, you know, sometimes that'll be where they're replaying the third down to death. Television is you start taking the shots of Campbell on the sideline. You start taking the shot of golf or maybe the whole offense. Are they staying on the field? What's Campbell doing? These are these are some things to look for if you're just watching a game on television. Intrigue, I think, is the word, Casey. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, yeah I think intrigue is, is the correct word there. Intrigue. Because, you know, that's probably that I even said it on off the bench I think a couple of days ago that this was going to be the most intriguing game because it's not just you know the Lions or the Bucks who we thought had no chance of being in the championship it's it's also a lot of gambling it's it's a lot of um unknowns about Jared Goff it's a lot of intrigue it's a lot of mysteriousness about the teams um and what they're actually truly capable of doing um yeah, I, I think that Dan Campbell should continue to do what he's been doing. And one thing I also want to add about Dan Campbell, he seems like a guy that tries to really manifest what he says to the team. When he says, we're yeah. going to go down and score and win this ball game, he believes that, truly believes yeah. that every single time. Anytime he says something to the media, to the team, he believes it 100%. We're going to go down there and score despite – being offsides or not calling in the play and being 10, 15 yards uh, behind the, the line of scrimmage after the penalties and still go for the game-winning score. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's just a guy that uh, truly believes what he says. So, yeah, I, yeah, I think, yeah. if I may, I, I think Lions fans want him to be the same guy. Uh, but I also think that if it's, if it's to extend the game, right, if it's an extra point in, in a playoff game against the Bucks and you're trying to just send the game to overtime, or you can go for two on your own 15, you probably got to take the extra point. I think there's, I think there's a, I, I think that Cowboys yeah. game, yes, yeah. that, that was a, that was a regular season game. So it's a little bit different, but I think you want him to be the same person up until the point where you're on your own 10 yard line and you're just trying to send the game to overtime to keep your Super Bowl chances alive. Elliot, what the hell is that on your head? Is that what a live animal? About? What is are you, that a live what are you talking about? It looks well, like I don't a understand the Oh wait, is this a Oh wait, this is a bear. How'd that get there? It looks like a baby bear. You know what they call baby bears? Look at this bear. I don't know how it got there. That's great. Let's just put it back over here. Elliot, if you're I wearing a I mean, yeah. Elliot, if you're wearing if you're wearing a baby bear on your head, would that yeah. make you would that mean you're wearing a cubs hat? Oh, no, it doesn't. I'm, I'm wearing a, I'm, I'm wearing a Reds hat, and I've got a Reds thing right here. So no, I, I'm doubling down. The, I like the backwards hat look, Reed, in the studio there. That was a good switch up by you. Everyone gave me crap for wearing all the Cubs stuff, so I took it off so that you guys be. could they so you guys could take me a little more seriously. I'm a backwards hat kind of guy. I'm a backwards hat kind of guy. Um, I'll, yeah. I'll give my I'll give my thoughts here about the the Buccaneers Lions game. Listen, I I gave myself a victory lap for saying that the Dallas Cowboys were frauds all year long. I gave myself a victory lap for saying that the Miami Dolphins were frauds all year long. I will not give myself a victory lap. In fact, I will uh, critique the way that I've talked about the Detroit Lions. 
The Lions beat a very good Rams team. Beat a very good Rams team. A team that Elliott loved going into this. A team that people were taking futures of the Super Bowl because of how well they were playing going into the postseason. And despite not playing well in the second half, they held on at home. They held on at home. So now they get to play at home again against uh, the weakest division winner that we perceived going into the postseason in the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I think that the Lions are... They've earned my respect. I think this is a very, very good Lions team. The reason that I didn't give them a lot of respect throughout the year is because of their name. As sad as that is, it's the same reason I don't give the Cleveland Browns a whole lot of respect because I've got to see them do something first. Yeah. And now that I've seen them win against a very good playoff team at home, their first playoff win in 30 years, sure, I'll buy some stock in the Detroit Lions. They have a mentality about them. Dan Campbell said it in his first press conference ever as the head coach of the Detroit Lions and said, I don't know if we're going to be a good team. I don't know if we're going to be a bad team, but we are going to be a Detroit team. And that seems a little hammy, but yep. that's exactly who they are. They're a hard-nosed team. Chris Spielman breathed that in, as you like to point out. He yep. breathed that into yep. the organization. And – the soft spot in my heart for football guys, like quote-unquote football guys, yeah. like Dan Campbell, loves, loves the Detroit Lions. And I think Baker Mayfield from the, the Tampa Bay Bucks, they're a great story. Tam, it, he looked fantastic. I think they played a spiraling Philadelphia Eagles team, a team that, yeah. um, honestly, if I could go back and re-rank the teams going into the postseason, I would put them dead last just based on how Me they were too. Yeah, Just and been, I had them like eighth or ninth, right. right? I thought like a lot of other people thought that they were gonna they were gonna find a way to get it together. Uh, and the coach is sitting down with with the owner uh, and trying to figure out the direction of that. You know, one thing we did not mention and we can get into if we want to. I don't think anybody around here cares. Mike McCarthy is definitely coming back. There was some right. uh, you know talking about that. Would he be back? Uh, he will be the head coach. Um, Bill Belichick is coming back for his second interview. His first one was basically just a sit-down with the owner, Arthur Blank. And now he's going to sit down with all the football people, Rich McKay and mm -hmm. some of the other people around there to talk about. You know, But obviously Atlanta's very serious about this whole thing. They're, they're the ones who have been by far the most aggressive. You can be bummed about Atlanta's season. You can be bummed about what they're going to do at quarterback. You have to be very encouraged that Arthur Blank, that since the season has come to an end, he is interviewing Bill Belichick for the second time, and he's already interviewed Jim Harbaugh one time. Okay, but we can talk about some of that maybe a little bit later. We come to the final game, and Reed, I think this is your game. This is a yeah. game that everybody wants to see. You know, it, it, it's interesting if you just flip through, and, and look, there are, there, there are a billion, more than a billion uh, thoughts out there on what people want to see. Do they want to see Burrow Mahomes? Do they want to see Mahomes Allen? Mahomes is the common denominator. Everybody wants him in there, whether you like him or not. It's 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 made for TV, right? But do you mm -hmm. want to see him against uh, Burrow, what we've seen the last two years? And now for the first time, we get a look at these two squaring off with Mahomes being on the road. Reed? Yeah, so this is by far – I mean, this is one of the biggest um, games that we've seen in the postseason in, 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 in years, maybe. Maybe year, like a, a divisional round game, certainly. And that's because every time these two teams have played in the postseason, it's lived up to the billing. It's lived up. One of the greatest um, not only games 
in postseason history, not only one of the best games in Chiefs history or Bills history, one of the game, best games in NFL history was when these two teams met two years ago back in 2021 postseason where uh, the Buffalo Bills took a lead with 13 seconds to go and the Kansas City Chiefs go down and they kick a field goal and then score in overtime and don't even give the Bills a chance. A game so preposterous that they ended up changing the postseason yep. rules because they said, all right, yep. that game needed some extra time to really fledge out who the winner is. I, you're looking at two teams, and the cliche is the unstoppable force versus the immovable object. So let me tell you this. The Buffalo Bills – they lose their offensive coordinator. They lose to the Philadelphia Eagles in overtime, and they go to 7-6 and six or 6-6, six and six, and they lose one game. Or I don't, I don't even know if they lose a game for the rest of the year. And Josh Allen has scored more touchdowns than anybody in the NFL this year. Josh Allen in the postseason is contributing over 350 yards. He's the only quarterback ever to have over 200 yards passing and over 50 yards rushing um, on average. 20 touchdowns, four interceptions. So the thing that you talk about, oh, Josh Allen turns the ball over a lot. Yeah, he's scoring at a much higher clip than he turns the ball over in the postseason. He's, he's truly one of the best postseason quarterbacks of all time. The problem is is we, he, he hasn't had a chance to really have his legacy play out because he always meets into the buzzsaw that's the Kansas City Chiefs. But for yeah. the first time, they're playing at home. For the first time, Patrick Mahomes has to go to Josh Allen. So how does this play out? The thing that I've said all season long about the Kansas City Chiefs, I, I, earlier in the year I said, ah, they'll, they'll find their footing offensively. They really haven't. But they have a top three defense in the National Football League, Tom. They don't get enough credit. I told these yeah. guys yesterday on our show, if the Kansas City Chiefs beat the Miami Dolphins in a, in a high-scoring game, if they won 35-28, to 28, everyone would be much higher on the Kansas City Chiefs right now because they're like, oh, this offense figured it out. This offense figured it out. Instead, what they did is they won 26-9 to 9 or 27-9. to 9. They won by 19 points. Mm-hmm. And people are like, yeah. Yeah, but their offense has trouble in the red zone. Sure, but they're, when, when are you going to give this defense credit? The thing that I keep tackling is I want to take I, – I, I really – and this is going to be alluding to our picks later, but I, I want to believe in the Buffalo Bills getting it done finally. They're in front of their home crowd. Josh Allen has played fantastic, just hasn't got over the postseason hump that is the Kansas City Chiefs. But Patrick Mahomes... Or the Cincinnati Bengals. Right, right. I'll throw this stat up here. Patrick Mahomes is an underdog. He's 8-1-1 against the spread. He's 7-3 outright. So when, when he's an underdog, very tough to beat. It doesn't happen all that often. Yeah. And that, that speaks to the legacy that is Patrick Mahomes. And while we're on legacy, who has more to gain? Who has more to lose? If Josh Allen loses his game at home... What does it say about Josh Allen's legacy? If Patrick Mahomes loses yep. his first ever road game, what does that say about his legacy? There's so yep. many storylines going into this game, Tom, that I don't think that we can surmise it in a, in a, in a 10-minute segment. I don't think we can surmise it in a two-hour show. It truly has one of the best billings. If you want to talk about heavyweight matches, this thing would would break pay-per-view records because of all the storylines going into it. I'll I'll, I'll surmise it this way. 
The Bills are playing perhaps the best football that I've seen them play going into a Kansas City Chiefs postseason game. The Kansas yeah. City Chiefs offense isn't what it is, but that's the best defense that the Kansas City Chiefs yeah. have had in the Patrick Mahomes era. So all things considered, I don't know how the heck it's gonna how the heck it's gonna play out. I have a good yeah. thumb on the okay. pulse of all the other games, but I don't know how this one's gonna play out, Tom. Well, I mean, no, you're, you're spot on on that. I don't think anybody does. And look, nobody has a crystal ball. But but, but here's a, here, you know, there are so many intriguing storylines uh, surrounding quarterbacks in this entire postseason. I mean, you know, we, we, met, we were talking a minute ago about Purdy. Okay, well, you know, Purdy has had the people out there, like some of you guys, quite honestly, um, where you say, oh, he's a system guy, he's a Shanahan guy, I'm not buying it. Okay, well, the guy is whatever he is, 17 and four as a starter in the NFL over the last two years. But last year he got hurt. There's pressure on the 49ers, no doubt. And you can start walking through some of these other quarterbacks. But I think that the, the three guys that people are really going to be watching, not that they aren't going to be watching them all, but, but you look at number one, Purdy. You look at Lamar Jackson. Can he finally break through and lead his team to a Super Bowl now that he's healthy? You look at Josh Allen. Can he prove that he can lead his team to a Super Bowl as great as he's been during the regular season? Same with Lamar, MVP, blah, blah, blah. Might win another one this year. But not getting your team yet to the Super Bowl. And then I think the fourth one that people are really going to be watching, to be honest with you, I think is going to be Stroud more than Love. I just think that Stroud has captured – really the imagination of, a, 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 if for no other reason, he's a rookie. I know it's Love's first year as a starter, but he's a rookie. He has a rookie head coach. They're going into a franchise to face it. Yeah, I know they haven't won a lot in the postseason lately, talking about Baltimore, but they're Baltimore. It's one of the top four franchises in the NFL. Great coach, great system, great player development, great everything. And so – but 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 for these the especially Jackson and 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 um, and Jackson and Allen on the more veteran side and on the younger side Purdy Stroud those are two guys I think everybody's going to be watching uh, this weekend. Okay, um, so we've covered all the games. Unless anybody has anything they'd like to add, fellas, anybody want to add anything to this uh, thoughts to this Buffalo Kansas City game, Casey? Um, if I were to add anything, um, this is more just my personal take. I want to know what you guys think. Whoever the winner of this game is, I don't think will win the next game. I think that they have the toughest challenge ahead of them, especially if it's the Chiefs. If the Chiefs win, they got to go to probably Baltimore. And they either got to play Baltimore or they got to play one of the hottest teams in CJ Stroud, who would have just knocked out the number one team in the NFL. Same with the Bills. They're going to have to either go to Baltimore or play the hottest yep. team who just knocked out. Uh, yeah. To me, this this game, I, I love the game, but I think that uh, in the end, it is um, it doesn't truly – for me, the only game I'm paying attention to in the AFC is the Ravens and the Texans. I really think it's between those two. To be honest with you, and maybe that's a terrible you take. You're kidding me. Yeah, that's silly. Yeah, that is. A, you're you were right. You were right, Casey. That is a terrible take. <laughs> well, well, to take. I, I, I mean, it's his own. 
I guess. I if if it were up to me, I'd say the winner of this game would not only go to the go to the Super Bowl, but they'll win it. I think I I really think the Bills are playing some of the best football, uh, especially in the AFC, but all around really. Again, what Tom yeah. said about the 49ers is one hundred. How can you say that? How can what do you, you mean? How can I say that? How how can you say the Bills are playing some of the best football in the AFC right now? They barely beat the Chargers without Justin Herbert, and that team is in shambles. They go and barely beat the Patriots. They barely beat Dolphins at home. I mean, or at at Miami. And yeah, Casey, they've they won six. The Casey, they, they, they've they won six games in a row. Casey, they've won yeah, six games not, in a row. They're not. They're not playing. They're not this hot team. They're just a good team that's that's beating the teams that they should. And they're barely beating them. They're barely beating some of the worst teams in the NFL. I think I don't understand why we think the Buffalo Bills are one of the hottest teams in the NFL. I, I don't understand that. I don't. Casey, that. Casey, and the same with the Chiefs. The Chiefs are if, just in, in a Casey, worse position than the Bills. Casey, if you barely win six games in a row, does that make you a bad team? <laughs> Well, I just said they're a good team, but they're not a hot team. My goodness, if they were a hot team, they'd be blowing these teams out. They would be looking unstoppable. They look stoppable. They look like they can turn the ball over multiple times. They look like a team that can give up a lot of points. I don't know, guys. I just don't see why we think the Bills are all this. I will say say in Casey's defense here uh, in regard to uh, the game against Miami two weeks ago to win the division. That was a game clearly Buffalo should have lost the game. I mean, Allen gave it away three or four times, and Miami just couldn't finish the deal. But that that's who they are. That's who Miami is. And we learn that every single year, despite blowing them up and talking them up in September and October every year, just to watch them completely fall apart as soon as the weather gets under 40 degrees. My God, can't win a game. But, yeah, I mean, the, the Bills are rolling. I mean, Casey, they, they're winning. I mean, last year we talked about the, the, the Bengals when they went on that nine or ten game winning streak to go into the playoffs, whatever it was. I mean, look, they played a lot of crappy teams during that run, too. The Browns weren't any good last year. The Steelers weren't any good last year. Baltimore was just okay but beat up last year. So, I mean, a winning streak's a winning streak. They're playing good. You can't take it away from them. Casey, I, I got a question for you in, in all sincerity here. What dispensary are you getting whatever you're smoking before you come on these shows? Because I <laughs> need some yet? I I need some of that, Casey. You say you look at me. You 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 look at me. You're an honest man. I know you're an honest man. So you believe this that the Houston Texans are playing better than the Buffalo Bills based off of the teams that they beat. In the last 5 weeks of the regular season, the Bills beat 3 division winners. The Chiefs, the Cowboys, and, well, I guess the Dolphins ended up not winning the division, but that was two in the division. Who did the Texans beat? Who you think is the hottest team in football? They beat the Titans twice. They beat, I'm, I'm looking at it right now, they beat the Titans twice and the Colts? And that's the hottest team in football, but the Bills, ah, those wins are, are, are all negated. Casey, whatever, whatever you and Alex, whatever dispensary you guys are getting over there in Mason, i got to take wow. a drive out there in the snow because I, that, that's just not based in reality. They just demolished the number one defense in the entire NFL. The worst, the worst by, road defense, the worst road defense in the league. Points by thirty points. Casey, it's still number one defense in the league. Breed. I mean, I don't know what you want from me. They where the did the Bills, where did they play? Where did they, where did the, they play that game? Where did they play that game? 
played in Houston. Okay. Why does it matter? The Cle- it, it, matters. it matters because the Cleveland Browns give up the most points in the league on the road. They are ranked 32nd in road defense. 32nd, the worst, not the best, the worst, not in the middle, not top 10, not top 20, the absolute worst team on the road, the Cleveland Browns defense is. And that's where the Houston Texans played them. They were still the number one defense in the league. I don't know what you want from me. I mean, they should have showed up. They're just not showing up. That's not my fault. That's exactly right. To me, it's between Houston and the Ravens. We'll see what it looks like here in two weeks, right? Because we're going to see this game. We're going to see probably the the Bills choke and the Chiefs barely win by some stupid, uh, you know, lateral play that they don't get called back. <laughs> and then the Chiefs are going to play abysmally in the championship round. So that's what I predict. Okay. All right. Well, look, we're going to get into this. Uh, we're going to get into our picks here in a minute. Um Anything you guys want to talk about as far as any of the other news and notes around uh, football in general? We talked about this, you know, whole coaching carousel, who's available, who's getting interviewed, where. Brian Callahan uh, had a video uh, interview yesterday uh, for the Carolina job. He is interviewing anywhere from four to five different teams, interested in talking to him. Uh, Quick yay or nay around the horn? Yes or no? Elliot, I'll start with you. Is Brian Callahan a head coach in two weeks from now? If I were, if let me, um, I think I, <laughs> I, if if I were the general manager, the owner of an NFL franchise, I would not ever select Brian Callahan. So I'm going to say no. I'm going to say no. If as well, a Bengals fan, I, because I, I again, this is this is saying this with love and respect. I don't think this offense was great this season, and I think that's in large part because of Brian Callahan. I think it, listen, if Joe Burrow was healthy, maybe if Joe Burrow Joe, if Joe Burrow not being healthy certainly is uh, is a knock. Right, so it's it's unfair to say Callahan had a fair shot to have a great offense this season. But saying that, I think it, it comes back into these play calls that we see throughout the season. I I don't want to see Brian Callahan's double reverse tight end screen uh, on, on third and short on third. Do you and think one, those are his one, play calls, or do you wait a minute? Wait a minute. Do you think those are his play calls or Zach Taylor? Those are his play plays. Those are his no. Those are his plays. Okay. He might not All be right. calling. Okay. He might not be calling okay. them, but they're his plays. Right. He's designing them. So I, I would I would prefer him not to be in Cincinnati. Saying that, to answer your initial question, no, he's not a head coach, though. Okay. Uh, Casey, is he a head coach in two weeks from now? Yay or nay? Um, see, it is so hard for me to get a read on this because we talked about how amazing this coaching carousel is. Um, he's interviewed, I think, with three different teams. I think it's the Yeah, and I think Falcon he's got one Titans. or two left. It's definitely Titans, Falcons, and then um, I can't remember what the other team is, but I Chargers. Chargers. He's interviewed with a lot of teams, and that just means there's a lot of opportunities for him to leave. And I don't think we'll know the answer until some of the bigger head coaching names fall. Uh, I think we'll probably be talking about this for another week or two. I think Brian Callahan might become a head coach. Um, I don't have the exact uh survey in front of me but i do remember reading here recently from a reputable source that uh brian callahan was voted as one of the top offensive coordinators in the nfl um by writers so i i think mm-hmm. um i think that there is something to be said there um 
I think the league really likes Brian Callahan. I think that he's got a uh, reputable name as well attached behind him. And who knows, maybe he gets his father over. You never know. Yeah. Um, I, I, I think he will be, though. I think he will. I, yeah. I mean, you look at this offense and what it was able to do this season, you got to give him a lot of credit for that. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. Case, uh, uh, Reed, what do you think? Yay or nay? Head coach? Uh, I'll make this nice and quick. No, I don't think he's going to be a head coach. I think he's deserving, okay. but okay. I don't. I don't think he is. Cool. Okay. I, I think he's going to be. I, I think people are going to look at the body of work uh, with Burrow since coming into the league. Uh, they're going to look at the offense as a whole when they were healthy, and then they're going to give him a lot of credit for what happened this year when they lose Burrow uh, and they hung in there and went four and three with Browning, a guy who had never played before. So I think he gets he gets a gig. Where I don't know, but I think he gets a gig. All right, uh, college basketball we got over the weekend. Scott Springer from Cincinnati.com is going to join us today. Uh, but with everybody remote, we're going to push him back. And thankfully, he's agreed to join us Monday. So UC plays tomorrow against Oklahoma. They're ranked 15th in the country. Um, we mentioned earlier their losses have come to TCU. We know how good they are uh, to North Carolina. We know how good they are. They're a top five team. Um, and why am I drawing a blank on the other team they lost? Oh, Kansas. They got beat at Kansas where they haven't won in 18 years. But UC plays Monday at Kansas. So it's Oklahoma tomorrow at 1 o'clock, and then it's at number two Kansas on Monday night. Scott Springer will be joining us then. Um, tonight, Xavier plays at home against Georgetown. This is clearly a game. Th th these are the kinds of games the Muskies can't fool around anymore because they're only one game over 500. And I don't care where they are in this whole Ken Palm thing, whatever it is. That's all fine and dandy. They're 28th, UC's 29th. But, but th th they had the letdown games already this year against teams like Oakland and whoever the other game they lost this year. What was the other game, Reed? I'm drawing a blank on. They lost against somebody they, they shouldn't have lost to. Oakland your, and who else? Your guy's alma mater, Delaware. That, that, that's right. Yeah, the fight, in blue, the fight in Joe Biden's. So, um, you know, look, they, they, I mean, it's, it's just inexcusable. I don't care how young they are. I don't care how new guys are to the program. You don't lose to Oakland and the fighting Joe Bidens at home. Well, they've managed to accomplish that. So now all of a sudden they're in a situation where they, they can't have any of these stub your toe along the way games. And the Big East is a tough conference not to stub your toe every now and again. Reed, you say you're not going tonight, but you will be dialed in. Yay or nay at 630p. I will absolutely be dialed in, Tom. And you're absolutely right. Listen, um, in years past, Xavier has fallen to victim to teams like DePaul. And DePaul is terrible this year, Tom. That's not who the that's not who the Muskies play tonight. They take on Georgetown, who Georgetown's yeah. got a new coach. They like their coach, yeah. but they're still reeling from the the past decade of Georgetown basketball. This is a game that at home. You're absolutely right. If you want to keep your your hopes alive of making the postseason, and, and a lot of um, teams, a lot of uh, bracketologists have the Xavier Musketeers making the tournament, making the NCAA tournament, which at nine and eight seems like a far stretch. But there's still plenty of basketball left to play. If they lose a game to Georgetown at home, then you 
sign, seal, and deliver the NIT to, yeah. to Xavier, right? I mean, because you're not going to make the NCAA yeah. tournament at that point. And you're right. Yeah. You can't stub your toe. You can't stub your toe anymore. There, there's no room. There's not a whole lot of room for air. If you go and lose to teams like Creighton, if you go lose to teams like UConn, go lose to teams yeah. like Marquette, you got to win a couple of those games, but you can't yeah. lose to a team like Georgetown at home, Tom. No, no, and you're right. You mentioned uh, uh, the next two teams they're going to play, in fact, are against UConn and Marquette. I mean, Creighton, forgive me, and UConn. Second time they'll be playing UConn. First time they're playing Creighton, that'll be on the road. The game against UConn will be on the road. So tonight, a must win, and they are playing well. Meanwhile, um, tell you what, let's take a quick break. Um, you got ad reads today, Reed, since you're in there? Sure. Is Casey still sure. Doing? All right. Well, Ka- Casey, you got to Casey, you got it memorized? Yeah, I got it. I got it. If you want to He's bring got it over it here. He's dialed in. Dialed in. Yep, dialed right. in. The Bengals Bearcats report is brought to you by Encore Technologies. Definitely not that Xavier lower third down there. It's brought to you by Encore Technologies. Encore Technologies provides IT solutions for a data-centered world with a suite of services from mobile computing to desktop to data center, supporting both centralized and work-from-home computing modules to improve efficiency and... The path to innovation begins productivity. Productivity. Sounds like Elliot might need some technology solutions from Encore. The path to innovation begins here. Visit (laughs) Encore.tech. The path to innovation begins here. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Pawnee Water made right over there in Hamilton, Ohio, not here in Mason. Uh, uses natural limestone filtration, unlike the artificial processing that other brands use. The result is a healthy alkaline water, and some say the best tasting water in the world. Yep, you can see it. Oh, wait. Nope, nope, this way. Yeah, you can see it right there. Pawnee Water, P-A-H-H-N-I water.com to see where you can buy that great tasting water. Get your coffee from UDF, drink lots of Pawnee Water, and get your technology solutions from Encore. So, guys, uh, before we uh, move on, we are also doing box lunch, right? We're going to do Quiplash today, I think. Correct. We're going to do a little snow day Quiplash today. That's absolutely our plan. So, box lunch will be directly after uh, directly after this show. We'll give us a minute or two to, to get everything set up. But we will have box lunch for the members. We uh, we started a new thing that uh, yesterday that we had a lot of fun with. Um, oh, my we've gosh, been- it's so fun. Yeah, we, we've been uh, doing those play-alongs, like playing uh, Madden and stuff together with some of our yep. members. We, uh, we drafted uh, a team. Okay, Elliot, we, we dubbed him the owner. Me, I'm the defensive coordinator. Casey's the offensive coordinator. And we drafted a team on Madden, and we're, gonna, <laughs> we're sitting around. We're making trades left and right, and we're going to try and win the Bengals a Super Bowl. Uh, Baker Mayfield's our starting quarterback, so hopefully he can get it done. Uh, but yeah, that's going to be a lot of fun. We'll start doing that a couple, couple days a week, but, uh, as always guys, please subscribe to the channel. If you are new here, we love having you guys here. We we're live every day, Monday through Friday, 10, a to 12 P hit that like button, make some comments on some of our other con- content tomorrow afternoon. We will have uh, chatterbox Bearcats. Um, after their game. And we'll be back on Monday with, uh, with off the bench as Tom alluded to. Did you want to do the weather report now or at the end? What's that? Did you want to? Did you guys want to do the weather report now or at the end, Reed? 
Absolutely. Let's do it right now because that is the news in and around greater Cincinnati here today. Our first snowfall, significant snowfall of the year. Um, So uh, you want to get into position? We'll give you a chance to get into position or are you ready to go now? Yeah, let Let me me go run outside real quick. Let's 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 get outside uh, because, I mean, there is a lot of snow out there. Uh, Lots of snow out there. Um, Tom, are you going to make a snowman? No, I'm not. Those days are over for me, Casey. My, my kids are, are, are grown. They're both in college. I will not be. Uh, you know, one interesting little tidbit, and, and Reed's not old enough yet to worry about this, but I remember in 2007 when we moved from Arizona here to Cincinnati, and so we had bought a house. Uh, thank God we were able to do that. And it, if you remember, that was the winter where it was all the ice storms and the snowstorms, and, you know, some of the worst in the history of the city. So we we, we have this snowstorm like three days after uh, we move in. And it's huge. And I'm outside uh, shoveling the snow off the driveway. Well, my neighbor, who I'd always said hello to, it was a husband and a wife. They were both doctors at Cincinnati Children's Hospital. And this guy is this former Chicago guy, athlete. It looks nothing like you would picture a doctor. This guy is like just huge and tough and strong and coaches football in Marymont, coaches lacrosse in Marymont, kind of gruff and tough Chicago guy. And But he's a doctor. And he comes out and he says, hey, you know, Tom, look, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean what am I doing? I'm shoveling my driveway. He says, listen, he says, I wish I had a dollar for every time guys late 40s, early 50s, which I was at the time, uh, out there shoveling snow and they have heart attacks. And I said, well, dude, I said, look, I mean, I run a few miles every single day. I work out. I think I'm relatively fit. He's like, no, 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 it has nothing to do with it. He said, it's something that happens with the cold air and the heart. And all of a sudden, for older people, doesn't matter what kind of shape they're in, they can all of a sudden literally drop dead of a heart attack right on the spot. So it gave me the perfect out for ever having to shovel snow again. Ever. <laughs> beautiful. Beautiful. Do you end up? My wife is the one who continues to tell me, though, to go out and shovel. Does that tell you anything? I don't know, Tom. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe you do need to get a snowblower. All right, let's get to Elliot. He's outside. We don't want to keep him waiting. All right, let's have it. Oh, my God. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to the weather. Oh, can't hear it. Listen, I, 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 I didn't want to do this today uh, because it's pretty cold out, uh, but I had to do a quick weather report. It's, it's snowy. There's a lot of snow on the ground. I'm in my hot tub because it's, it's nice and warm. <laughs> But I'll tell you what, everybody stay inside today. It's a snow day for us all. God bless America. Um, I don't think I can do the show from my hot tub. We might, I might try to f- figure it out, but I don't think I can. Um, other than that, listen, have a great day today. Uh, it's about a high of 25. It's going to get down to 15. Roads aren't drivable. Don't drive on the roads. I think the main roads are. Uh, the other roads, not so much. Not so much. So... What we're gonna do now, we're gonna try to go under this hot tub and, and hopefully keep the camera dry. So God bless America, here we go. Wow. wow. How about that, fellas? How about that, Case? I mean, that's pretty bigly. 
I want to know if they keep that on all year round. If it's like actually warm, does he get in it often? Because that, that looks like it's warm. Of course, that it's looked warm. very comfortable. He's not getting out there and freezing. He's not like some cold plunge. Does he strike you as a cold plunge kind of guy? No, he doesn't strike me as like a Buffalo fan. He does not strike me like a, a guy that would be willing to to go in into freezing cold water. So I guess you're right. It's probably on all year yeah. round. But still, yeah. He had to get out of that hot tub. No doubt. No doubt. I did have to get out of the hot tub. That's true. But that, how was that out there, by the way? I mean, it, 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 you know, that, I mean, that your backyard out there looks like it, you know, Colorado, Utah esque. <laughs> Listen, I, it was great. I had a fun time doing it. Casey is right. When I got out of the hot tub, there was a point where I had to, uh, you know, question question my actions because it was brutal but I, I it was fun listen it's it's always nice to have a hot tub when it's snowing out it, it felt phenomenal yeah. i'm sure tom has a hot tub too no i actually i don't i don't have a hot tub nor do i have a Damn. swimming pool I, I just live vicarious through you okay all right that's fair <laughs> okay all right all right, tom, all right fellas let's get to is there anything else anybody wants to talk about before we get into our picks today I guess that's it. All right, let's go. Here we go. Let's go with picks. Let's start from the very beginning. Again, we'll do it in chronological order here today. We've got uh, this game that that starts, kicks it all off tomorrow afternoon. Uh, The Texans and the Ravens, nine and a half point spread. Reed, we begin with you. Yeah, guys. Hey, I. uh... (laughs) You guys hate when I talk about the Texans. You guys hate when I talk about the Texans. I kind of alluded to this earlier. I've got the Baltimore Ravens covering this game. I, I think that the Baltimore Ravens are playing the best football. I, I really do. Everyone wants to give that moniker to other teams. Go look at go look at the tape. Yeah, have they not played in a couple of weeks? Sure, sure. Well rested. Um, and maybe they'll come out a little sluggish. But I like the Baltimore Ravens in this one. I I kind of had have backed myself into the corner with the Houston Texans takes. I, uh, after they beat the Bengals, everyone told me that they're the greatest team that I've ever, that they've ever seen. I said, well, let's pump the brakes on that. And they, and listen, they won that division. They won that division. I did have them beating the, the Cleveland Browns last week. I did have that. Um, but I said, I went six and zero on spreads last week. I think that the Baltimore Ravens are, are, are going to win this one. And if, and if the Texans win, I'll just double down in the AFC championship game against the Houston Texans. By the way, Randy uh, Randy jumps in the chat, and I love Randy. He's one of our most diehard, and we'll have chat rankings here today. Randy, come on. Tom has a tanning bed guaranteed. Come on. Do you have one? Come on. No, I don't. No. <laughs> Nor do I ever get near one. Would I get near one? Yes, I would. If I felt like I was really getting that pasty winter look. Would I get in one? Yeah. But it's been it's – been, more than a, a decade since I've been in one of those things. All right, who's next? Uh, Elliot? I'll take it. Yeah, so so let me see. Let me pop over this graphic here. Uh, I will take I will take the Texans plus nine and a half. I, I alluded to it earlier. I do think they're hot. I do think they're playing the Ravens, so I it's going to be tough. But, again, I've mentioned it three times. Now I'll mention it a fourth time. The Ravens have not played yet in this postseason, and I do think that does give a little bit of an advantage to the team who fights through a wild card game. So I will take the Texans and the points. Okay. All right. Casey, what are you thinking? 
Ooh, uh, I've already pretty much alluded to this. Um, I am all about the Texans right now. I think that I think they have the best chance of beating the Ravens. I'm taking the Texans. I think that they have a pretty good chance of covering this game. Okay. All right. And I'm going to take the uh, fight in C.J. Strouds as well. I, I think nine and a half is too much. Um, I think they can score on this Baltimore defense. Uh, Stroud is not a, a afraid of the big game. Uh, playoff debut last last week against Cleveland, the game last year in the national semis against Georgia. I think he comes to play, and I think there is, you know, like the 49ers, I think there's incredible pressure on this Baltimore team. Now, they've responded by the way they've played this year. But, you know, when you start getting the big bucks, and I said this about Joe Burrow, if you guys remember before last season. Yes, he did. Now, he got he got kind of a free pass this year because he was injured twice calf at the beginning of the year, and then we know the wrist injury that ended his season. But the narrative will start. You can mark it down. It will start with Burrow. It's already started with Lamar. When you start signing these big contracts, and the only guy who's delivered the goods of the truly big money contract so far is Mahomes. Jalen Hurts, yes, got a big deal, but it led him to a Super Bowl last year. Justin Herbert, no. Hadn't hadn't even won a playoff game, right? You got Joe Burrow, monster contract. Okay, now he was hurt this year, but it, 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 but 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 now you know year five here is it time to win a Super Bowl? And the same thing is with Lamar Jackson. He's been in the league longer. He's won an MVP, but his playoff record is not that good. His playoff success, in fact, is quite poor. A lot of pressure on them. Texans cover. All right, game tomorrow night. We have the fighting Green Bay Packers uh, taking on the San Francisco 49ers. That one will be out west. Reed, all yours, nine and a half point spread in this one as well. Yeah, um, unlike the Ravens versus the Texans game, I am going to uh, I'm going to take the underdog. I think uh, Green Bay Packers. I think Matt Lafleur is a great coach. I think that the Packers have the better quarterback in Jordan Love. All those things considered, um, they've already gone on the road and beaten uh, a, a very tough team at at their home place that they play very well at. Um, so I'm going to take uh, the Packers and the points. Give me the Packers plus nine and a half. Okay. Okay. Uh, Elliot, I will take, if I get a pop above the graphic again, I will take the 49ers. Now what killed the 49ers, what killed the 49ers last year was injuries. They're not injured as of this moment. So I will take them with the points. I think, I think the Packers are about to get lit up. I think they had a great game. I think they're very good. Uh, I'm a believer in Jordan love saying all that. I think the 49ers all around are the best team. And I had them going to the Super Bowl without question, without fail, all season long. I don't think that changes here. I think they're going to go to the Super Bowl. They're going to win this game first. By 10. Okay. Casey? Yeah, uh, I also have the Packers. Um, I agree with Elliot. Yes. I think that the 49ers are the best team in the NFL. I've said that all year round. I said that they were one of the most unfair teams that I could ever remember in the last 10 years. The roster is absolutely stacked. That being said – 10 points is a lot. 10 points is a lot, and I think that Packers are just really, really good right now. They're really hard to defend. Um, I like their chances of covering. I don't know if they win the game, but I do like their chances of covering, so Packers. 
Hey, uh, uh, there's been some uh, questions in the uh, in the chat. I'm curious. Uh, help me with this for a second, if you would, Elliot. What is an alternate line in gambling? So an alternate line, it would be so. So obviously, if you just take a team money line, those odds are going to be worse yeah. than if you take the spread. So what, what an alternate line is, you can pick any number in the world. You can you can pick the 49ers to win by 20 and a half. You can pick them to win by two and a half. It just will vary on the odds. So if I wanted 49ers alternate line minus two and a half, those odds will not be even money. They'll be uh, uh, worse, worse odds, but there's a better chance for your bet to win. Okay, so you you you, you so you have a chance if, if you take in a game like this. Just just help me here because I'm, I'm I'm not being facetious, as you know. I don't understand gambling. So yeah, at nine and a half here, if I all of a sudden wanted to make a bet on an alternate line and drop that down to say five, right? Yeah, I have a chance to win. Obviously, it's a better chance to win for the 49ers win the bet, but you don't win as much money. Is that right? That is correct. That is one hundred percent correct. All right. And then likewise, like you said, if you think the 49ers are going to win by 20, you can make the same dollar amount bet and win a lot more money, right? That is 100% correct. Okay. All right. So thank you for that. All right. So you can move the spread and thank you for, for, for that. I am going with the Green Bay Packers as well. I just think when you get to this point in the year, uh, I, San Francisco is clearly a better team. They've proven it all year long. Uh, but I, I just think that nine and a half, that, that's a huge number. And we saw blowout games like we talked about in the wild card round last week. Uh, but I think now, you know, you go from 16 down to eight, I think you're 14 down to eight. And I think you have a chance to now start seeing more competitive games. And, and I think both teams would like to run the ball. It's not to say they won't sling it around. Both quarterbacks are playing great, but uh, nine and a half is a big number. Okay. Then we come to uh, Sunday afternoon where we start with Tampa Bay playing at Detroit. Uh, this is another line uh, that quite honestly has me a little bit surprised too. Uh, we're looking here at a six-point spread. It's uh, interesting to know Tampa Bay this year is 8-1 and one against the spread in road games. 8-1 and one against the spread in road games. Reed, where are you going on this one? Six-point favorite, the Lions. Listen, I don't know if Dan Campbell would consider himself a salesman. Actually, I know if you ask Dan Campbell, are you a salesman, he will say, hell no. But I'm buying what he's selling. I have fully bought into the football guy. That is Dan Campbell. I have bought into what the Detroit Lions did at home last week against a very, very good Los Angeles Rams team. You, you look across the board in the wild card, the better quarterbacks almost unanimously won. The only time that that didn't happen was Jared Goff's Lions beating Matt Stafford's Rams. So for that reason... I think that the Detroit Lions at home are going to win by a touchdown. I think that the the Buccaneers ha have ran their course. I think they're a great story, but this is kind of where it all fizzles out. Um, give me the Detroit Lions covering at home this week. Okay. How about you, Elliot? I agree with Reed. I agree with Reed for all the reasons he just said. I do agree with Tom, though, too, that the line is kind of funky. Um, but I'm going to take the, I'm going to take the lions minus six. I'll take them to win by a touchdown. Their offense looked dynamite for one quarter against the Rams. If they can do three quarters, uh, they're going to win this game by 20 points. So I I'll take the Lions here. Okay. Casey. Oh man. Um, I've gone back and forth with this game. I really, really like, uh, I've, I've loved the lions, um, 
since the since last year and you guys yeah, you know did. that um yeah i i've predicted this um the success that they've had this year i just feel like it's going to come to an end i think that their their season can only go so far with jared goff can only go so far with the um the gambles that dan campbell makes and i just feel like there's something that the buccaneers were missing early on in the season where they just kind of found it and uh they're they're looking really good on offense at least for for one week um six points is a lot if i i'm gonna just say that the buccaneers are gonna cover i don't know if they're gonna outright win the game i don't know if they're gonna outright win but i do think that they cover um lines are gonna play close games from here on out okay uh, I think Tampa Bay's defense is a lot better than it was early in the year. And, and and I mentioned earlier, that was only 20 points scored in that game by Detroit. That's a long time ago. It's back on week six. I get it. Um, and a lot of things have changed for both teams since then. Um, but, you know, it, it, Mayfield did not play well in that first game. Goff had his best game of the season in that game. Um, six points for me is too many. Uh, I think Baker Mayfield is, is is an excellent leader. I think his defense is better than it's been all year long. With that in mind, I'm taking them to cover. Not necessarily to win, but taking Tampa Bay to cover. Is that what I told you earlier this morning, Reed, or no? Yeah, okay. That's all right. right. We got it. Yeah. All right. All right, good. All right, and then lastly, we come to the big one on Sunday night. The Kansas City Chiefs, first time ever, Patrick Mahomes going on the road for a postseason game. He will be playing in one of the toughest places to play. Let's be honest about it, Buffalo. Uh, weather should not be a factor for either team in this one. They both play in crummy weather all the time. Both did, in fact, last week in their opening round wins. So, you know, throw that one out the door. Although you still can't take away from the fact that the weather could affect what happens in the game. It's not to say that Patrick Mahomes, like, say, Tua, is going to be bothered by the cold weather or Josh Allen. It's just that if, it's, if the ball is slick, okay, and, 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 and being able to grip the ball and hang on to the ball and catch the ball and all those kinds of things, your footing, can defenders stay with a wide receiver? All those kinds of things, they, they will be factors in the game. Weather is still a factor in the game, though neither team should be bothered by the actual cold in and of itself. Reed, take it away. So all year long, I have beaten the drum on both these teams, Tom. Everyone hates yep. when I talk about how good the Kansas City Chiefs are when I don't know how you can argue the other way based off of what we've seen in previous years and based off the fact that they still won their division, based off the fact that they're still playing in the division round, all these things. I've also beat home. You guys laughed at me when I told you that the Bills were a top-five team in the league back when they were 7-6. and six. I told you I, I really like the Bills. So I've backed myself in. So one of the teams got to win. One of the teams got to lose. And I've, I've liked both these teams all season long. So instead of being a brave little toaster that I am, I'm going to chicken out. And I'm going to say, Bills win, Chiefs cover. I'm going to take both sides, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hedge my bets. And I'm going to say that the Chiefs cover on the road. It's going to be a very close game. That's Bills terrible. win, Chiefs cover. Okay. That's well, absolutely, yeah, for that's the record, by the way, real quick, uh, just looking at the Buffalo weather, they're talking about anywhere from one to three more feet of snow on top of everything else that they have between now and Sunday night. Although the temperature is not going to be nearly as brutal as it was in Kansas City when it was sub sub you know zero degrees 
uh, with a wind chill. It's going to be cold, but they're expecting a ton more snow in Buffalo. Okay, Elliot, take it away. Tom, uh, I believe they're running back the deal where they're paying people $20 an hour to go shovel their snow. Are you in this time? Me and you. I'll pay for your flight. We'll go to Buffalo. We'll get paid $20 an hour. I think they're offering uh, free hot chocolate. Would you go with me? Count me out. Uh, count me out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. No okay. Zero. Uh, I'll, I'll, take the, I'll, take, <laughs> I'll take the bills. I'll take the bills minus three. Um, I, I think this spread sucks. I don't think they should be three-point favorites, but that's why I'm taking it. It's just one of those weird gambling, gambler uh, mentality things where if you don't really agree with the spread, you take it because it just doesn't make sense, and that means Vegas knows something. So that's just my mentality here. Uh, if Josh Allen doesn't turn the ball over, they're going to win this game. So I'll take the Bills. Ooh. Um, I think that uh, I think that the spread is actually spot on because I feel like these two teams play each other close no matter how it's played. Sometimes it's a defensive – fight sometimes it's an offensive fight i think we're probably going to see some defense tonight i think if it is going to be a lot of snow i think if it is going to be really bad weather i like the kansas city chiefs chances of covering this game so give me the chiefs okay okay um i'm taking kansas city as well i i, I you know i don't know anything about gambling and i've proven that and, I, and i'm not afraid to admit that i've asked it on the show already today trying to learn a little bit more and more about it because it's become such an integral part of uh, of sports in general is knowing a little something about gambling but you know i look at kansas city there's there's no way that uh if they're a uh, an underdog anywhere i don't care where it is it could be in cincinnati could be in buffalo could be in, there's no way if I were if I were spending my uh, hard-earned money to make a, a a gamble, I'm definitely not betting against Patrick Mahomes. There is no way on God's earth that is happening. Now, okay, I want to ask you guys this question, and I'm going to throw to each of it individually before we wrap it up for the day here. I asked the question earlier. There are eight teams left. There are three that have never won a Super Bowl. And I want you to tell me which of the three, as we go into the games this weekend, because some of these teams, all of them, some of them, none of them may be eliminated before we get to the championship game next week. Of the three franchises that have never won a Super Bowl that are left in the postseason, Houston, Buffalo, Detroit. Reed, I start with you. Which of those three, in what order, are you rooting for that team the rest of the year to win their first ever Super Bowl. In order, you ready for this? Uh, people, people are not going to like this. Bengals fans aren't going to like this because they're perceived as one of our rivals. Uh, but I want the Buffalo Bills to win. I think that Josh Allen deserves a proper legacy. And I don't want it to see it happen, get it at age 36 like Matt Stafford did. I think Josh Allen is, when it's all said and done, is going to go down as one of the true gunslingers of the sport. I think he is truly one of my favorite quarterbacks that I've ever seen play the game. So I'm rooting for the Bills. Also, I think that they've been starved the most uh, based off what happened in the 90s, based off of uh, I want to see them overcome the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend. Secondly, the Detroit Lions, because as a Cubs fan, there's a lot of similarities between the Detroit Lions and the Chicago Cubs. Um, a lot of losing, a lot of losing been done up there in yeah. Detroit. So I, I'll, I'll take the Detroit Lions in second. And third um, is the Houston Texans. I don't care if they win a Super Bowl. Okay. All right. How about you, Elliot? Mine's mine's going to be very similar to Reed, but I want Detroit to win 
for the same yeah. reasons as the Cubs, because the Reds have been one of the biggest jokes uh, in the world. And I like to see the underdog win. The city of Detroit has had nothing to cheer about ever. Um, so it would be fun to have their fans. Uh, I think it's his name, Detroit Don, and all the weird super fans up there that go to every single game and they lose, lose, lose. All they do, all these people in Detroit do is lose. So I'll give them a win. I, I'd love to see them win. Next is Buffalo. Uh, I think Buffalo is a passionate fan base in, in a sports world where we keep trying to push teams to L.A. where fake fans and no fans uh, are trying to support their teams, supposedly. It's good to see It's good to see cultures. It's good to see cities that embrace their sports teams as much as the Buffalo Bills. I would like to see those crazy fans win a Super Bowl, especially after all the shoveling they're doing for the team. And then third, for the exact same reason as Reed, I don't care if the Texans do anything with their, their franchise. Good luck to them. Have some fun. But nobody cares about the Texans. Okay, um, Casey, how about you? I think everyone's number one should be the Lions, to be honest. Uh, they deserve um, they deserve a championship, in my opinion. They've been through enough. Detroit has been through enough. Enough's enough. And then after that, I mean, it's, it's basically a tie for me. I don't really care if the Texans win. I don't care if Buffalo wins. I think, uh, I think they both kind of are deserving in their own ways. Uh, Houston being a new franchise – um, went through a lot of turmoil um, in recent memory with, with the, the whole um, O'Brien chipping uh, DeAndre Hopkins away, uh, the Deshaun Watson de- debacle, all that being said. Um, I think Buffalo also just has been through a lot of turmoil too. So for me, it's not even one, two, three. It's just one and then 2A, 2B. So okay. Lions number one, okay. Texans, Bills, 2A, 2B. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm going to start with number three. I'm going with Buffalo. I mean, and look, nobody's been through more than Buffalo. I mean, they've been to multiple Super Bowls, uh, and for a whole myriad of reasons, they have not won any of those Super Bowls, uh, most of them in heartbreaking fashion. But for me, I put them number three. I don't care. Number two, I'm rooting for the fight in C.J. Strouds. Everybody wanted to beat this kid up. Uh, a lot of you wanted to beat this kid up. Uh, last year when the draft comes around and all these things, when they, they, they pick and prod and they do all this sort of stuff, all I know is, is Stroud is the last man standing of that quarterback class last year. And thank God Carolina drafted Bryce Young because the Texans got the right guy. This guy is the right guy on and off the field, which, by the way, did anybody see the story yesterday about what NBC did with his interview? I did not. I did, yeah. We'll get into that, I did. We'll get into that next week. Um, but so they're number two and number one. <laughs> this is it. If you weren't with us at the beginning of the show. Undo the them all again. The fight in Chris Spielman's. He was named president and a, and, and, and right-hand person to the owner. Two years ago, he was a guy that came in here and had everything to do with hiring Dan Campbell, hiring their general manager, former great Chris Spielman. And this is my guy right here. The fighting. Let me line these up. Let me line them up. Got to get Spiels looking good back in his Buckeye days. Is there another one under that one, Elliot. Elliot, that's pretty big deal. Tom, do you know what that's, that's called? Tom, no, open it else. up again. Oh, damn. That is a that is a Russian nesting doll. 
Matroska. Matroska nesting doll. What? That is a Russian nesting doll. It is called a. I'm, I'm gonna. This is my my Russian coming through here. It is pronounced Matroska doll. It is a Russian nesting doll. Really? Yep. So this is a Russian thing. So I should, probably should just go outside and throw it in the trash. Well, I think because you're touching it, Tom, you're gonna go. Uh, you're gonna go in your tool shed and you're gonna get a, a hammer and a sickle after after the end of this show. Oh my God, those are all your friends. You're not a those comrade, Tom. Friends. You're not a comrade. All your friends. All your friends. <laughs> okay, fellas, uh, I know you have box lunch coming up. Uh, Reed, thank you so much, and everybody else for making this happen today. We thank all of you for uh, joining us. We will be back uh, first thing on Monday, good Lord willing. That'll be at 10 a.m. on Monday to break down all of these games, talk about a big weekend in college basketball. Maybe by the time we get to um, to Monday, some of these coaches are hired. Mm-hmm. You know, baseball tries to get teams to not name, make big news by naming a manager when the World Series is going on. Football doesn't care. I mean, in a perfect world, maybe they do care, but they don't have that kind of – um, sort of uh, rule that they give the teams to ask them to wait on it. If somebody wants to hire Belichick, they're announcing it. Somebody wants to hire Harbaugh, they're announcing it. And we'll have all that covering it uh, Monday of next week. We wish everybody, please be careful out there if you have to get out of the house. If not, just sit there and binge watch some TV show. Before we let you go, give me guys one TV show you would have our audience binge watch if they had to start today. One from all time. Read. Uh, I currently, I, I like a lot of shows. Probably my best, my favorite two shows of all time are Mad Men and Secession. But I'm currently binge watching Game of Thrones again. So I, I started that when I got sick. Um, it's one of the greatest shows of all time. It flops the ending. But yeah, watch Game of Thrones if you haven't. It's fun. Elliot? I would, I would pick, uh, if you go to ESPN Plus right now, you can t- uh, get the ESPN 30 for 30, Catching Hell. It's an interesting documentary about how the city of Chicago <laughs> beat up <laughs> beat up and destroyed an innocent man and Steve Bartman. Yeah. Uh, I would yeah. everybody go watch that and see what that poor city. I think Tom's in that uh, documentary actually, 30 for 30. Um, so go watch it. Again, these these Chicago people who they boo they boo widows, they're so disgraceful to to some of the people in their own town. It's it's honestly sickening. Go watch it, ESPN 30 for 30, Catching Hell. It's about uh, when their town uh, kicked Steve Bartman and put him in witness protection. Maybe someday they'll make a 30 for 30 about the Cincinnati Reds. Maybe not, though, because they really don't. Casey, who would be your binge TV show to watch? This will be something from Never Never Land, I know. Uh, Probably just The Boys. (laughs) Um, That that would be my number one show to to binge watch. I think that The Boys. Boys. The Boys. It's uh, Prime. I think it's Prime. Prime. Yeah, it's an Amazon Prime show. It's uh, a twist on if superheroes and superpowers were real, how twisted and corrupt it would actually be. So it's a good good series. Good watch. Okay. All right. My buddy Randy Gillespie, I have so many. Um, I have so many. Uh, I love Peaky Blinders. Love a bunch of other ones. My, my wife and daughter are watching Succession, which they say is great. I'm trying to catch up with them on that. Uh, but I got to go um, – I got to go with my buddy Randy Gillespie. I got to go Ozark here. If you got to binge watch anything, because it's only, what, three seasons, uh, I'm going that, and you can just board up for the weekend and watch the whole thing. So I'm going to start with that. There are a lot of great ones out there. And, and so, all right, do we have uh, one thing I did forget? It was asked about in the chat. Is somebody doing chat rankings? No chat rankings. 
We'll get those on Monday. Okay. No chat rankings. Oh, oh today. Casey. Whoa, 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 Casey, Casey, Casey. Did you have them ready? I have them ready if we want to do them. Okay, oh, well, yes, oh, yes, yes. Well, here's what we'll do real quick before we get the chat power rankings. Um, Tom, you said Ozark's one of your favorite shows. What did you think about the ending of it? I can't even remember the ending of it. That's the great thing about being my age. You can watch something and not remember the end, and you can go back and watch it again. Watch it again. Fair enough. Hey, Tom. Enough. Tom, yeah. I, got, I, got, I got one question for Tom before we go to Casey. Ever, I think Everett in the chat is dying to know, who do you think is the best kicker remaining? Out of all the uh, out of out of all the oh, four, I'm not doing that BS. Okay, I'm not doing that BS. All right, I know what Everett's <laughs> trying to do, and I'm not doing it. Everett, no. I, I mean, it's beautiful outside. It's peaceful. Okay, I'm, I'm not going down that. You're not getting me worked up today. It's not happening. So go ahead. My you answer, my answer would be Justin Tucker. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Casey, it's on you. All right. It's on me. Okay. Well, I had to do a quick, uh, quick uh, movement in the the chat power rankings. I have ten names to say today, and it's we're gonna fingers. start off. We're gonna start off with the dishonorable mention, Mouse Cop. Uh, he's what? just been on my yeah. ass as of late. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. His think, act um, has been really tired lately. I agree. Really tired. tired. Oh, no. Yeah, very tired. Oh no! So, this is slander. Mention, Mouse Cop, uh, you are the number one dishonorable mention and the only dishonorable mention. You're one of one. So we uh, so we like it when Mouse Cop just makes fun of me the entire time. But if he gets on any of you guys, yeah. it's, it's it's yeah, correct. Yeah, okay, yeah. just making That's sure. Right. <laughs> I disagree with Casey. I Casey, I disagree with you on this pick. That's okay. That's all right. We all we always got another time to to get it right. But uh, he'd probably be just a little bit lower on the dishonorable list anyway. So moving on to the honorable list, the actual start of the top power rankings. We have Randy Gillespie at number nine. Uh, he is kind of an underrated uh, pick, I think, in my opinion. I don't know why his picture is so blurry. All these pictures are very blurry for some reason. But anyways, he's he human. is always in our uh, – yeah, he, he called you human, I believe. And he's uh, always active on Twitter. He's always uh, promoting us, always watching our stuff. And uh, I appreciate it. So he sits at number nine. Moving on to – Number eight, Blackmore. He is my lawyer. He is the guy that will defend me and Reed to the ends of the earth. Um, he was moved down a little bit because he said that I was a Closet Browns fan here at the very end of our show, and I did not like that. So he moved down quite a bit. Um, he was towards the top, but that's okay. That's all right. It's always next week. So Blackmore, number eight. Moving on, we have Big C, Big Corey, a member of our uh, uh, of our channel, and uh, he's always just supporting us. Woo! He's always in the Discord. Big C, Big C. left the super C. chat today. He left the super, super chat, chat today, today too. So that that's something that we also did not cover. I don't know if we uh, want to mention what that was. Yeah, while, while we're here, he me. said, "No Dream Weaver, Elliot, two dollars super chat. No Dream Weaver." We'll we'll bring Dream Weaver back during Red season. Yeah, he's he's big. He's a big fan of the Reds. He's not much in our uh, in our chat when the football season's around. I think he's a Colts fan mainly. So uh, I also like his Colts takes. So Big C, he is number seven. At number six, we have Haro, another member of our our chat. Um, yeah. He's always watching all of our stuff, always commenting. Yeah. He's always engaged with our chat, and uh, I think he's uh, a little funny uh, from time to time. I have him slot at number six. I don't have much else to say about it. Moving on. Haro said something Number very five. Today. Oh, it did he? It was about Elliot. He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it, Reed. 
He didn't mean it. He didn't mean it. I, number five, I have Molly. Molly, our uh, leader of women in the chat. Uh, she is literally always watching all of our stuff, always supporting us, um, has great uh, takes about our fashion and uh, wants to go on a date with Vach. And uh, I, I think that's great. I think that's great. She should uh, go on that date with Vach, get her a nice steak meal and uh, enjoy herself. So she sits at number five. Number four, Mr. Mo. I love Mr. Mo because he never, ever agrees with any of our football takes. And I think that's very refreshing. <laughs> I think that he keeps us engaged and keeps us on our toes. We'll always point out the flaws in our takes. And I appreciate that a lot. Mr. Mo, you said at number four. Moving on. Everett. Gotta always be in the top three. He is the leader of men in our chat. He is the guiding compass, our moral compass. Um, yes. He got on Tom one time, but that was his only time that he really uh, was flawed in his moral compass. And uh, that's why he's not number one. But number three is still pretty good. Moving on to Derby Stardom. This is a very underrated spot for him, but uh, I wanted to give him a little love because he actually showed up in every single one of my Mac and JT shows and commented and whatnot. Derby Stardom, thank you so much for watching that and uh, for always being a silent supporter in the background. We really appreciate that. And at number one, who else could it be? It's Mark. Superstar it's Mark, Mark. Fetters. Superstar Mark. I mean, he... I don't see how you can't ever not have him in, as your number one. He is always engaging with us, always in our chats, every single show. And not only that, he's constantly on Twitter. He's growing a big following himself on Twitter, loves to engage with us. Um, I mean, in every show, I mean, he's even watching like our video game streams, commenting on that, betting some of the games that we're in. Yeah, Mark Fetters, number one. And that I'm concludes our chat power rankings. Congratulations to Mark Fetters and company. That's a uh, that, that that's big time award going into a big time weekend. So congratulations, mm -hmm. uh, gentlemen. Great being with you, Casey. Again, uh, thanks for uh, everything as well as uh, you, Elliot. Great job, and uh, Reed. Thanks for coming into the studio and braving Absolutely. the elements out there on the roads. Absolutely. So uh, you guys have box lunch coming up, correct? Yes, we do. Yes, we do. All right, everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend. Here we go. Box lunch. Be right safe, now. Tom. Love you all. See you guys. See you, everyone.